Take, your bi-weekly podcast that covers various, you know, TV shows, movies, and stuff like that. I'm your host, Ernesto, and I'm here with Joel, my co-host. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And today we'll be reviewing, about time, right? Ghostbusters Afterlife. Well, reviewing, I don't think that's like a good... Mm. I, I would want to get away from that. You know, mm. We're discussing. We're discussing. No, yeah, it's bad we're bad. having a conversation about uh, Ghostbusters, the, the true Ghostbusters. The true, the true Ghostbusters. <laughs> and it's funny because uh, in 2016 yeah. is when the, 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 the Ghostbusters... The all-female Ghostbusters. The all-female Ghostbusters. Yeah. And I remember we were sitting there in our uni and we are just saying, how could we make this better? Yeah. Right. How could we improve on it? How could we follow different narratives? And for the most part, Afterlife is like kind of pulls it off. It pulls it off, yeah. right? Like it, the movie starts off obviously addressing like the big elephant in the room. Harold Ramis passed in 2014, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they were trying to work their way around that, and his character dies in the movie, and, and he's the catalyst to what essentially the whole movie is about, right? Yeah. Like what he started and then his family comes in and tries and finishes what, what they do. Yeah, and it's spoiler, it's spoiler, yeah. by the way. It's spoiler. It's spoiler. I mean, the movie's like been out for like three months. Already. For three months. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah and, and I don't know about you, but that scene always gets me. And yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know why, but I always, like, I have I get, like, a knot in my throat, and when I watched it, I was in, like, full Ghostbusters getup, and so, <laughs> I don't know, it's the sadder, <laughs> it's, like, it's the saddest thing you've seen, this big Filipino dude just kind of weeping to himself in a, in a you, Ghostbusters. You saw this movie in theaters, right? Yes. How many times did you see it in theaters? I've seen it about three times. In theaters, Yeah, right? three okay. times. So, in case you haven't seen it, it's been out for a while. It just hit Amazon and... Uh, to rent, to rent, right, yeah. majority of It's essentially a not a sequel right you wouldn't call it a sequel no it's more like a reboot right right right. like a real reboot not like not like the 2016 one which was like i didn't watch it but by the by what the gist of i could get is like that was its own thing this is now us right right so the 2016 one felt more like did you uh, watch it yeah i did once (laughs) so i I watched it it's it's no critique on any of the actresses or any of the talent or any of the production crews it just feels like that narrative was it felt more of copying what ghostbusters 1 and 2 was Mm -hmm. rather than moving forward with this movie which this movie does the majority of the time propels the story forward exactly and like you said he um harold ramis rest in peace he dies they talk about it right they yeah. don't do something like you know rest in peace carrie fisher and they just kind of spoon <laughs> him. but they they integrate his death within the narrative within the story and it makes it makes sense the beginning part makes right sense. right the, the beginning, beginning part. part right <laughs> like even even just death right yeah. even in the first and second one you didn't really think about death in yeah. a way where it's final right there's always a, a continuation to it but this he just he just yeah, dies just on the dies. Cat, yeah cat. It's like the movie opens up with him. It's it's very shot in the shadows, and there's no face. You don't see anything. You just see the, his silhouette, mm-hmm. his glasses, and his nose. And his nose. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and he's combating a like this ancient god of death or whatever. It was right. like Egyptian god de- demon, mm-hmm. and it ends up killing him. Yeah, but he's he's able through. Uh, we find out later in the movie that. He's able to contain the evil that's there. Yeah, because it has to do with like ley lines and a whole bunch of <laughs> a whole bunch of like paranormal <laughs> shit that you know people believe in, some people don't. You right, know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, and the big mystery, well, not the big mystery, but like one of the the the, the plot points of the of the movie is 
it's, plane? No, it's traffic. Oh, <laughs> one of the plot points of the movie is like how how is it that the small town in like Kansas was it uh, right? Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Oklahoma yeah. yeah, might as well be Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how is it that it has no fault lines, no volcanic activity? It has daily um, earthquakes, right? And then later that pays off. But I feel like they only touch on that in the beginning. Yeah, it's something that it's. It's supposed to be a recurring thing until yeah. it, it's not a recurring yeah, thing. Yeah, until right? it's necessary for the story. Right, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, what did you think of the characters? Especially in Act 1. You know, um, the daughter, the, ne- the niece and nephew, which I feel like their performance, except at least Phoebe, mm-hmm. what's her name? It's uh, Makina Grace. And uh, her, her performance is just really like adorable. <laughs> yeah, the, you're talking about the niece, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, Egon, basically. E- yeah, female Egon. <laughs> I mean, it's just like... You take these young actors and the the son we've known from Stranger Things, so mm-hmm. he's been around the block per se. And the 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 daughter, the, the the granddaughter, I've never really seen anything about her, but I feel like she did a good job, you know, portraying that awkwardness, portraying that science geeky stuff, uh, very um, Egon esque. Yeah, I mean, and, down to the glasses, yeah, right? Down to the glasses, <laughs> and even the hair, the curly hair, and stuff right? Like that. Yeah. But that, again, that's all just makeup and stuff like that. And the the mom, I, yeah. I really felt like. Not understanding why, uh, essentially, the father abandoned them, and having this anger and resentment yeah. towards him, and, and obviously that pays off. That that storyline pays off again in the end. Yeah. But I felt like they all did a, a pretty well job. Even the the secondary characters, the like the the um, in in the diner and stuff like that, like this real small town. Like mentality that they have, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's. I think her name was Lucky or yeah. something. Yeah, right. And then I love the scene where it's after they get evicted because mm-hmm. uh, you could kind of see that uh, she's not really good with money. Yeah, <laughs> but she gets evicted and uh, they go to like, I think a diner after they go to the house of Egon. Like oh, this place is a you know, crap box, you know. Yeah, what she says like this is this place is a shithole. No, not a shithole, but essentially that. And then the girl's like, "I'm fourth generation shithole." Fourth generation, right? <laughs> yeah, I I found them as much. As they uh, they they are the Dana right. Mm-hmm. If you want to do for Ghostbusters comparisons, this is the Dana of uh, <laughs> of the film. And yeah, and other than her not really having much to do with the narrative, I found their acting fairly charming. Yeah, very very yeah. much so. And and then again, it has to do with like this movie compared to the 2016, where I felt like the the whole diversity and the male female empowerment was like shoved down our throat. Like here, you take this and you like it, and then. And, but in this movie, it was like a wide, diverse cast. the The main lead was a, a you know young female uh, actress, and it didn't really feel like that. It worked. Yeah, yeah. I I, I loved. I, I just loved Phoebe's awkwardness. I don't like just the joke. Like you know, why are Adams yeah. like, not trusted? Because they make up everything, everything else. Yeah. And then she and then, jokes with the demon at the end. Yeah, like I, okay, see, okay, we'll talk about it further down the line. But that scene, we'll, okay, we'll talk about. Yeah. it. So how about uh, uh Gary Gooberson? Oh, I, I mean, it's Paul Rudd. It's Paul, Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd. <laughs> You know, he's just charming and everything. Yeah, he, yeah, I, I, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that. Um, I was, th- I was, um, I was watching them with my girlfriend, and mm-hmm. we were discussing like the times I've went to summer school, mm-hmm. and and she was like, "Did in any of the times you went to summer school, did you watch movies?" Because that's what he was doing. He was just put showing the <laughs> movies, not just any movie. He puts <laughs> like, on Cujo. He puts on Cujo, Chucky, Chucky, and it's like. <laughs> just, 
the '80s horror movies. I, I don't remember some was summer school like that. No, they actually taught us. Oh, all right. Well, the one thing I do remember like vividly is that in summer school, none of the classes that I was in had AC. Oh no! <laughs> so, so it was just hot and sticky. And oh, nasty. Gross. Oh yeah, that's nasty. Yeah, trying to learn math in that environment. Fuck that. <laughs> um, I I did like when they met. It's like I know what the points of a triangle are. And it's like I, like, yeah. I thought you were just being obtuse, Dude. and she does like <laughs> a clear wink. <laughs> I okay. So the 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 school scene is fairly just kind of fringe, right? They just touch on it, and then they don't really go back to school anymore. It was the catalyst of the the, the three the three you know mm, podcasts, podcast Gary. Gary and Phoebe Phoebe yeah, yeah meeting that was yeah. really that that it. And, um, I mean, I felt this necessary purpose. I, I wouldn't understand, like, if you're just moving into this, you know, boat podunk town in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Why would you want to go to summer school? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, even um, the son. Uh, yeah. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, the one from Stranger Things. Trevor. Trevor. Right, Trevor. Uh, he uh, doesn't even go to school. No, he, <laughs> he finds a job. Yeah. <laughs> like, which, I mean, what else are you going to do? Right. And it's funny though, like I, I've worked in in restaurants before, so oh. I know that 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 dynamic very not very well, but like well enough to to comment on it. And him just like being in the freezer, breaking <laughs> up the meats and counting them—that's like one hundred percent real. I thought that was a joke for them. Was I, it? I mean, you do it, it, whenever you find your whenever you get a job in a, in an environment like that. Mm-hmm. The newest person is always the lowest <laughs> at the bottom, potential. So they get the, the shittiest jobs. They get the worst like things to do and, and stuff like that. And honestly, like I love the cold, so I wouldn't mind being in the freezer, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> especially here in California. Yeah, but which you, is what like what bullshit is this? It's what? February and it's like ninety degrees. Is it the apocalypse? I like I don't know what's going. I mean, if it is, just get it over with already. Right? Yeah. It's like oh gosh, I'm. Sticky, um, cold, uh, it's yeah. nice and odd, oh, sticky again. Fucking global warming. Right, yeah, so, pot, yeah, podcast. We're uh, introduced to podcast that starts narrating her, <laughs> Phoebe's, her life. Phoebe's life. I, I like the, uh, yeah, they meet at the school and then uh, I think they're walking down Broadway or whatever. The main the street, main street. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. Like, yeah. The main, <laughs> right, they're in downtown. MLK Boulevard. <laughs> Every town has one, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and I, I love the scene where they're talking about like the different buildings. Like this is run by the Illuminati. Illuminati yeah. It's like how do you think the, the pyramids were made? And Phoebe's <laughs> just like slaves. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and they and inevitably end up going to this abandoned mine. And the yeah. podcast describes a scene of that it was closed down because the miners all just like this mass psychosis just started jumping down the mine shaft yeah, to the death. Fairly just the image. It's dark. It. Yeah, yeah, that's fairly just them chucking themselves down. Yeah, yeah, which I also I noticed, I don't know if you did as well, but this movie is like a comedy, but it mm-hmm. has like really dark undertones. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's what, PG thirteen, if I remember. Yeah, it is PG thirteen. But, but it like it, it yeah, lays down that line, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, very much. Not in like the violence or anything like that, but like the context. Yeah, like the scene, like the, the having the audience picture just a, a mindful of people just jumping to their deaths. Yeah, which is horrific. Yeah, um, it's. <laughs> and I think like podcast when he said his name is pod, he calls himself podcast because of his show, and then he's all like, <laughs> I just feel like him, like can you demean the art form anymore? <laughs> Like, it's a I get joke. it. Yeah, it's a joke though. I get it. There's like three million, three million podcasts out there, and the first time I ever felt like that was in the, in the reboot of uh, Halloween. Mm. 
is when they go interview Michael Myers, and they're like, hey, we do a podcast, and we want to interview him. Oh, my God. Seriously? (laughs) Like, we're at that point, and this was two, three years ago now. Yeah, yeah. We're we're at the joke now. We're we're at the butt of the joke. It's like, uh, you know, radio back in the day. Yeah. Right? It's like, what, are you going to be on radio? Ha, 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 ha. I get it. So, how about the fan service? That's the biggest question that I have for both of us. And the biggest complaint I've seen, majority of, you know, critics, even YouTube and stuff like that. What do you think of the fan service of it? I've never had a problem with fan service. Mm -hmm. You know, like, to me, that's what makes up what the movie is. You know, like, uh, we have our issues with the the trilogy, the the Star Wars, the... Was it the new trilogy? The the JJ-verse, I guess (laughs) you want to say? Which in... in, uh, Rise of Skywalker, which is just basically all fan service and in a way to like make up for what Ruin Johnson did. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's to me that's Star Wars. You know, you what are you trying to you're trying to lay the foundations for something new, which is what Ryan Ryan Johnson did and nobody liked it. Right. So make up your fucking mind. <laughs> you know, and then this movie, there was a lot of homages to the original, original yeah. two. And for people who haven't seen them or have, you know, just went into this movie, um, blind mm. that just went over the head but again like this movie is entertaining enough where you don't necessarily need it need yeah. to pick up on all that fan service you know yeah it's uh, Jason uh, we talked about it right Jason Reitman the son yeah, of the one who made the first and second Ivan one Reitman. Ivan Reitman is the one who directed it and it, it does feel like it's it's a foot in the more modern sense of characters because mm-hmm. if you think about the characters from the first and second Ghostbusters they didn't really have much of that quote unquote development no right they're just there yeah, I mean, it's... In, to make money. <laughs> yeah, they're there, but they, they accomplish what they needed to do. Right. They, there isn't, like, this growing arc of of character development and inner reflection that they have, because, like, they're <laughs> what they're doing is busting ghosts. <laughs> right, right. And even that, it's a montage. Yeah. Right? Even the one that they're known for, it's just the kind of, like, a really quick, they're just running around New York and busting ghosts. Mm-hmm. But for at least for this one... It feels like it's a modern, not only a modern take on Ghostbusters, but also something that is aligned with the other ones. Because it's not a, it's not a, a sequel. It's more like a homage, like you said. Yeah, it's a perfect love letter. Yeah, you know, and uh, Jason Reitman, growing up, while those movies were being made on set, you know, who better than to direct this one, write and direct, because he co-wrote it as well. Yeah, um, I do feel like Phoebe's character does have some development even though it's like kind of lackluster because they they Mm -hmm. at the beginning they paint her as like this awkward uh you know outcast essentially Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. she makes a friend and becomes the the savior of the movie (laughs) she becomes the ghostbuster yeah so that kind of see like a little growth but it's not necessarily as important or pivotal to her character Right. Like, yeah. we understood where she was going to start from and where she's going to go. Right. And that's that's my biggest critique of this film. Like, I love it. Don't, don't get me wrong. But it does it does have their... It's one foot in the door of... You can have meaningful development with these characters. Even Trevor, even the mom. They kind of... They're different from the beginning to the start. Yeah. And that's... that's It's, like, unfair to call them one-dimensional. They're two-dimensional at, at best. Yeah. It's, like, a very, very thin two-dimensional. A very, very thin. Exactly. And it's like, that's, it's has two sides, but you can see through it. <laughs> exactly. You're like, are you in here? Or maybe. I don't know. Perhaps. But, yeah. And it's... Uh, it's. I feel like that's unfair just because you have them 
they can become these characters, these, yeah. these more three-dimensional characters, especially with Phoebe. At least Phoebe, she's the main character, if any. But they don't really, they always have one's foot and forward, and then they kind of step back a bit. Yeah. It's, it's there. The inklings are there, but not really. Yeah, but then at the same time, you have to look at this movie. Like, mm. it's not Serpico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you know, the deer hunter. Yeah. Like, it's a Ghostbusters. You know, yeah. you get what you get with what it is. You exactly. Know? It's, it's something that is, it's in the title. Exactly. And so you don't you don't expect to have this this profound like not to make fun of people might go into this thinking oh it should it's called Ghostbusters there should be well, something I wonder what's gonna happen right <laughs> exactly and, and and if anything this movie does a great job in establishing this this new generation yeah right I think and so. then most right if you look at any franchise I still use Rocky as the best one yeah because you you know you bring Rocky you bring him essentially into Rocky's world yeah. and then train him as basically Rocky but a different character. Yeah, Creed. Right, right Creed, which yeah. is even more connected to who he is, because you know, if you didn't know, he fought his dad. Right? Yeah. He, they were friends, and then they, they became a mentor of sorts after he lost. Yeah, but, he basically is, mm-hmm. assumes that father figure. Exactly, yeah. and in this one, it, it does feel like it, it, it's the new generation of Ghostbusters, but there's also this inkling of they don't know what's going on, so they need kind of the, the veterans to show up. <laughs> Which, I th- oh my god. Like, <laughs> it, it was cool at the end, uh-huh. the, the, after the big, cli- well, during the big climactic battle, um, the original, the, the well, the last three surviving members, uh, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and Ernie Hudson show up. Yeah. And it's all like, it, even even the, the, the little state of marshmallows are like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> this is, this is going to be my fourth time watching it, and yeah. then, uh, it's that scene always bugs me. It's it's after uh, they uh, they well, it start the whole scene starts with Phoebe testing the proton pack, which is which is very very cool because they show they actually show the where you switch it on, yeah, and she puts it together and then and then she's actually shooting it with podcast and they're able to find a ghost and then they try to capture it but they fail and then the the brother fixes the car yeah, and then they Ecto use the one. the Ecto one. Uh, see that was cool, like seeing yeah. the the equipment, seeing the car, scene. Like all the other stuff was was cool, yeah. Was dope. But then when the, the the three members show up and like you could tell yeah. they're old, they're <laughs> they're practically senile. Yeah. Like why are they there? Yeah. You know, like I like that when when they the the, the kids after the, the the climactic well after the first battle scene with the ghost that uh, Ernie's talking about, they end up getting arrested because they do untold amount of damage oh, to yeah. the little town. <laughs> and it's super cheesy, but she, the, the girl, Phoebe's like, I want my phone call. Yeah. And the, the sheriff is like, who are you going to call? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> and, and just to paint a, a, a very throw-up-y picture, he, like, he takes a step forward. The camera zooms in a bit. Yeah, it's his big moment. He leans forward. <laughs> Who are you going to call? And his cheek like flexes. Yeah, like he knew like that was his big line. And he was going to take the whole scenery and just gonna do it all. Do all his, he's going to flex his acting muscle just to lay it out there. Yeah, and it, it's that one and the Twinkie scene. Right? The, yeah. the Twinkie scene is like, where's your license registration? He pulls it off and there's a Twinkie there's and it a holds there yeah. for like a minute or two and it feels like forever yeah and i feel like maybe the the the, the negative feedback on the fan service is that it's not necessarily like a quick shot mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like a here i'm gonna hold on this and then and then move on you know exactly and these two examples when if when you ever get a chance to watch it is the the, the best part of bad fan service right it, it, yeah. it's because it not only does it hijack the narrative yeah. but also it pauses there forcing you to like hmm i kind of twinkie like, huh? what's the the reference of the twinkie for those of <laughs> for those who don't 
don't know, you know. And uh, when the three show up, it's kind of like this surprise. Right. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, oh, you didn't see it coming, even though the scene before when she she calls, she eventually calls them. She right? calls uh, the, 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 the uh, phone. Raise a cult. Yeah. Raise a cult, yeah. And it's Dan Aykroyd picks up, and then he, he just talks shit about <laughs> about Egon, how he essentially betrayed them or something to, to some extent, you know, stole all the equipment, yeah. went off to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And then it ends with, he was my grandfather, and then the cop shows up, hangs up, times yeah. up, and then that's pretty much where it's left. Yeah, but we kind of get the sense that hey, they're gonna show up eventually. Yeah. You know? yeah, and they and they do. And granted, I did scream in the theater, okay, yeah. but it did. My screaming kind of got a little uh, like mellowed out because they kind of just stand there. And it's mm-hmm. not. It's not to criticize them, obviously, but yeah. the, it's just you can tell the age, right? They're not right. as they're not yeah. as movement. They're just standing there. They they say their lines, which I gotta say, they 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 still have it the, in them with their characters, like just Bankman. Well, you got Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, two of like the pivotal um, columns of comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, fucking. Blues Brothers, uh, National Lampoon, uh, the early days of SNL, Stripes, Stripes, right. you know, uh, the the golf and Caddyshack, you know, mm-hmm. it's like pivotal, uh, you know, p- pillars of comedy from 40, 50 years ago now at this point, and when they were always talking about making a third Ghostbusters movie, mm-hmm. and the old one that was always reluctant was Bill Murray, yeah, but then they finally convinced them. For the last one, and then they, he came back for this one, yeah, which I was surprised. Yeah, if you know any of the you know the history, we're not going to talk about it. But they have a very con, not confusing. They have a very rambunctious history. Yeah, those three, and mm. like without having them do any like primary movement, they kind of just let. All right, this is the scene, and you guys go. That was pretty much. <laughs> <Just> what, <go. laughs> I'm pretty sure that was pretty much the the art the direction. Right. <laughs> yeah, because Ray starts off, and it's it's just like the first movie. Ray starts off, you know, sprouting all this nonsense at a at a, go, a gozer. Gozer appears. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. believe we didn't touch on that. But the main bad, the main bad person the, the from main, the first and the second one, right? Or just the first one? I think just the first one. Just the yeah, first. Yeah, it was one. someone else. It was the painting in the yeah. second one. But yeah, she comes back. Up, yeah, because this whole narrative revolves around a, evil Shandor is the main founder of the town. Which is essentially the one who built the the high rise in the first one. Right? Yeah, he's he's part of the cult of Gozer and all that stuff. But yeah, she's back. <laughs> Which okay, so that mm-hmm. scene with uh, Igor, right? Igor uh, Shandor, uh, Ivo Shandor, Ivo, uh, yeah, yeah, Ivo, Ivo Shandor, Shandor. Yeah. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, he was on screen for less than a minute. How much did they pay him? Oh, half the budget. Half the budget. Yeah, the, the, like <laughs> we know, we know famously, Michael Caine, mm. his his rate is a million a day. Is it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I guess we didn't know famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why when whenever he he was doing like you know small bits, uh-huh. they would try to shoot him all con- congruently so they wouldn't count like, as a yeah as a day. Oh, yeah. I see. Wow, so, smart. So I'm thinking, what is JK's rate for? First of all, laying down and then getting and ripped it, apart, and then like turning, <laughs> and turning a bit because uh yeah, it it find it turns it finds out it turns out that. Egon is actually keeping this portal of the dead yeah. contained. Yeah. And he, he stole, like uh, Joel said, he stole all of the stuff because he wanted to build this containment unit, essentially. And it's keeping all the ghosts back to prevent the rise of, uh, of uh, Gozer. Gozer, yeah. Gozer, right. So, yeah, and he, he is there for about a minute or so. Uh, joking aside, I don't, I don't think he would get paid a lot. I don't think he would want a lot of money. Because... 
Um, well, yeah, you I have feel to... like it's just a fun thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> I guess that. I guess that's true. You have to cons- consider that um, they're probably fans of the franchise and they're oh, friends with old. They're, they're <laughs> friends of you know Ivan because and then he was a producer. So he might have you know used some connections like hey you know JK let's do uh, like half an hour and it honestly it wouldn't take that long to shoot no. maybe an hour hour or two you know? yeah he could have done that in between uh Eminem uh, commercials yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a fun little I didn't know until the second viewing right until yeah. I sat there and read the credits but uh, yeah yeah it, it's him and it was it was a cute little thing yeah it was yeah. a little. Uh, a little scene for him and that character, but he just gets ripped apart. <laughs> like, ripped apart. What the fuck? <laughs> um, but yeah, and at the end, when when it looks like their proton packs can't contain Gozer anymore, mm. they cross the streams and everything. You know, don't cross the streams. But then they end up crossing the streams, and she uncrosses. Yeah. Her. I guess she isn't isn't the proper term because it's like they? an amalgam. Yeah, the it. Right. Yeah, right. It, it, yeah. It's like it's not she's not a woman, she's not a man, she's yeah. something in the middle or something. Yeah, it's I guess like it has no gender. Yeah. Even though you can clearly see yeah. Olivia Wilde. I mean even the voice. Yeah. Even Olivia Wilde. I was yeah. I was very surprised I learned that after the fact. It, <laughs> it was like on her Instagram and I was like, yeah, she's getting suited. I was like, that was Olivia Wilde? Like what? Yeah, and so the the whole scene they un- uncross the streams and she's gonna get ready to you know take them out, but yeah. then Phoebe comes in and shoots her proton pack and wraps around her, and that that means that gives the go to the other three, the original three, to shoot the proton pack at at Gozer and it wraps around, but then like this slow zoom out and you see a ghostly figure. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> you're not doing it justice <laughs> at all. Okay. All right. You're right. No, you're completely right. It's uh, they get they get knocked off because uh, yeah, which is okay. We have to touch on the fact that she's untangling the streams. Yeah. It turns out, oh, villains can learn from their mistakes. <laughs> and uh, before it, like, there's a white ball, and before it hits her, uh, she's able to hold it and like keep it back and across the streams, which is like just just the continuity. Like, yeah. I, I know what you did last time. I'm not going to fall for that again. Yeah, fool me once. Right. Me. <laughs> she me. And she does that and knocks off the, the three amigos off. And then uh, Phoebe attacks. But she's, she's, uh, she gets, like, a lightning bolt yeah. from uh, Gozer. And she gets starts getting pushed back. And then uh, the one that... And then you see uh, the pullback. And then you see the ghostly hand of... Uh, Egon. Well, yeah, eventually zoom out. Yeah, zoom out. It's Egon. And it's obviously a CGI rendering of, of Harold Ramis. Yeah. And I feel like they didn't... They kind of made, remade him in a better image. Yeah. Because, like... How biblical of you. Because <laughs> <laughs> not, to, not to, like, disparage uh, uh, Harold Ramis and his legacy and his mm. death and stuff like that, but we know what he looked like when he, was, when he passed. You know? Yeah. So they kind of made them like hunky, you know. He had hair, gray hair, yeah, definition, a beard, a definition. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was funny. It was like they they spent all this money in the CGI to re reanimate Harold. Eventually, like I'm pretty sure there was enough audio of him to like to generate some, and with the software today to like generate some actual messages. Uh, for him, you yeah, because he didn't talk. He was just looking there and he smiled. And yeah, you know, he looked kind of like yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. That that's that's a, it's a shame because especially when it comes to there's a lot of people who sound like a lot of the characters, right? Yeah, I'm sure when they have Vader and the animated stuff, that's not James Earl Jones. No, right? <laughs> so it would it would have been cool to have some dialogue 
between them. But yeah, he, he does show up and yeah. helps out. And I like the during that whole sequence, you see Ernie Hudson's face, and he's like, "Are you guys seeing this shit?" <laughs> just just straight out of the first and second one, like they're they're you know they're they're facing down the apocalypse, right? Yeah. And then it's like. Like, he does a double like, tip. Like, what? <laughs> and then what makes matters more hilarious is uh, Bill Murray's like, I know you chew up. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Like, which, okay, which leaves the question. At the end, mm-hmm. when they, it kind of um, revealed that Harold Ramis built like this ginormous trap. Mm-hmm. And they were going to use that to seal in not only uh, Egon. No, not. Um, um, like in Gozer. Gozer, there you go. Gozer and her forces. And the, the forces yeah. of, of evil. Of ghostly evil, so when they actually pull it off, why didn't Harold Ramis's ghost go with them? Yeah, that's maybe if he was on the outside. But you're right. What do you mean outside? <laughs> they were standing on top of the. Well, see, the question you're going to be asking is, why didn't they do a better job showing where the circle ends? Because we don't really know. But the, they were like right on the front porch, and it was like right there, <laughs> <laughs> like. That was now. See, now I have the image of Harold Ramos being ripped into into. Like, I mean, it's just what it made sense. Yeah, like, it happened to yeah. the state of marshmallow people. That's true. Which remember, remember when they did open the trap? Yeah, and then uh, like you know, girls are screaming and all the forces, and then they all start burning up. Yeah, they're exactly like the first one. Yeah, <laughs> like, but mini and adorable. <laughs> that was I like that. I like that the the homage to the to the first one with the. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, that this, this time the, uh, the the little marshmallow men were tiny. Yeah, and it was funny, like the whole sequence in the Walmart. Which I don't know. Have you have you been into like a small town? Yeah. So you know, yeah. there's WalMarts everywhere. Yeah. Which is like one of the most accurate things in this movie. It's depressing. It's and depressing. It's very as depressing. Well. Yes. It's huge. Massive. It's yeah. a, there's a small town, and it's a barely there's barely enough space between buildings, right? You can see that it's not this very cluttered. And then there's a Walmart, and it's huge, <laughs> and it's just this. There's, there's like. It's like it keeps the economy of that town afloat. <laughs> right? And there's like. There's two cars in the parking yeah. lot. That's probably the one person who got hired to go work that night. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. But um, you see them when, uh, what's his name? Gary? Gary, yeah. Gary Gooberson. Gooberson. That's a random ass name. When Gary, when Gooberson is um, is in there, and, and you see this in the trailer, he sees the state of... The marshmallow dudes, because yeah. they puff marshmallows, it's a mouthful. Yeah. But the little marshmallow dudes like start to animate, and then the the scene continues, and they're fucking around on the Roomba, and you see this trail of <laughs> and like the one dude's getting as much as that scene was a little like okay, can we like move on? It's it's cute, right? It's yeah. a cute, it's a cute little homage. Yeah. To it, but it, like just imagining people instead of marshmallows, they they they're roasting them alive. You know, it's <laughs> one this one marshmallow. Marshmallow's like with a smiley face walking over the coals and he's like slowly melting into yeah. it. <laughs> Just... Yeah, that was uh, very gruesome, yeah. but it was funny. Yeah, you know, it, was, it was meant to be funny. Um, I like that the the there is no mom. There is always no <laughs> right? And then she starts, yeah, she starts doing the hyperventilating thing. Yeah, it's uh, and she attacks podcasts and yeah. she's like, Mom, he's like, Are you the key master? I'm like, and she's like, I don't know. <laughs> just and like terrified. But how about the scene in the Walmart with uh, the animatronic of the dog? 
Do you? Th- it, it did a you nice could, blend of. Yeah. Right. You could tell, like when it when his head was stuffed in the dog bag food, mm. that was clearly animatronic. But once it started running and stuff like that, that's all CGI. Yeah. But I feel like with the the blend of um, in the newer Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. he uses a blend and it, it, it blends seamlessly. The use of CGI and and uh, practical, mm-hmm. and I feel like there has been this backlash of everything being 100% CGI. So the, the, the movie, the makers, the, the directors and the producers have come to a conclusion that maybe let's try doing a blend of both. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this one, it does... You could tell yeah. when <laughs> when one is the other. Like he throws the ice cream. <laughs> right. yeah. You could tell, but I feel like it does a well enough job to be able to, you know... Have have them do what they needed to do. Yeah, which I was surprised. I mean, I I, I was gonna think like, oh, they're just gonna blend into the CGI ness of it. You know, lean heavy into the whole blockbuster esque of it. But yeah, I, I did like the blend of practical of it. Yeah, like in the tra- in the trailer for the 2016 one, it looked super CGI heavy. Yeah. Did they use any animatronics, or was it all just CGI? No, I, the only thing I remember is uh, the, the ghost showing up, and there's like this whole action sequence, but again, that's easily, you could have CGI. CGI. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, one thing that kind of bothered me mm-hmm. was that when um, the key, the gatekeeper and the key master, when they show up to the, the temple, <laughs> the, the, the female, the, the mom, she just rips off her clothes and just uh, shows like this beautiful gorgeous dress and then Paul Rudd's in this raggedy right <laughs> like what the hell why would I, you give him yeah <laughs> I, I see because in the first one it, that that's what it was right but yeah. it, it's it's funny that their roles are reversed right because <laughs> so so Paul Rudd is now he's there first because it was a uh, what is it? It was uh, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver was there already, right? Yeah. But now he's like, yeah, he's all messed up. <laughs> he has a flower, and they have a little dialogue between yeah. them. Like, I like your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So this movie came came out last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? It, yeah. Yeah. Two thousand twenty-two and one. Right. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Thank you. Do you think <laughs> this sets up for a sequel or maybe like a TV show? Did you see the post-credit scene? Uh, yeah. And yeah. then you had the mid-credit scene and stuff like that. That was a mid-credit scene? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was the it was Gordon Weaver. Show. Sigourney Weaver yeah, with, the cards with the card. And, and he's like, <laughs> what is it? Three you marked them, didn't you? <laughs> right. And she shocks him. Right? Which, I, which, in the theater, I was like, reading the credits, and it said, I was like, Sigourney Weaver? And everyone in the theater was like, what? And then it showed the scene. It showed the scene. So, uh, yeah. So you think there's going to be another one? Yeah, I definitely see like there's going to be another one, especially when it comes to with uh, Winston. Mm-hmm. Like Winston, if, in the end, there's an end credit scene, a post credit scene, and it turns out Winston is the one who's been paying Ray's store, is paying the rent, and also alluding to that he was paying the farm. Okay. Paying the the bankrolling of the farm, but it, yeah, it's in. He does a whole monologue scene, and it's essentially it's a setting up a new one, right? He says what he. Uh, no matter what hap- what he has or what he's gone is for his kids, but he'll he'll always be a Ghostbuster, and okay. then the, and then he gets the car, and then it turns out that the firehouse is in a Starbucks, and it's still standing. <laughs> it's decrepit, sure, yeah, but it's still standing, and it's it's he brings the car back, and it's kind of like. Do you think it this the the, the continuation of of the story would it be better served as movies or as TV shows? That's a tough. I would I would like to say movies, yeah, right. Granted, but I don't think the property can survive like a trilogy. 
Yeah. Like how can you mix it up in that's that's fresh? Because even the second one was along the lines of the first one. You know, ghosts attack Manhattan, and we have to stop them, right? They along those lines. But then there was a TV show of it, an animated TV show of it. But it wasn't. It was something that was like new characters, but also. Kind of vaguely remembered. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah. it's uh, it was like extreme, right? Yeah, Yeah, it was like their pet. Yeah, 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 it was like that was like the comic relief, right? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, extreme Ghostbusters. I don't know if that's that (laughs) or extreme (laughs) Ghostbusters or uh, the new Ghostbusters or new generation. Yeah, yeah, and that one was fairly dark. It was like there's a lot of like, yeah, we're gonna take you to the ghost room and like kill you. Well, you could get away with a lot more with uh, an animation. Yeah, but I'm saying like. If if this movie, the only way I could feel like saying if they do do a second one mm-hmm. is to age them up, all of them. Yeah, have them already be you know either in their early twenties or yeah early twenties you yeah. know something where they actually know what they're doing because it feels like they kind of got the hang of it very fast. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. she when they were riding around Ecto One, she accidentally pushes the lever and she flies out and she's like, oh shit, what's happening? And then the next scene, she's like, yeah, let's do this. And yeah, then, it doesn't turn yeah, and it's like she's, she's a professional. Pro- exactly, <laughs> she's exactly, a professional. Exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, at least in the first and second one, they're physicists. Yeah. Right, you kind of get the experience behind that. Yeah, and Phoebe, yeah, I, I would love to see a movie. Another movie? A movie, especially with them three. I feel like a, a TV show, you would get the chance to flesh them out more. You know, mm-hmm. obviously it's an episodic sort of thing. But when it comes to movies, I just feel it's... It doesn't have to worry about all that fluff. Okay. Like how the second one was where it's just, let's just go into it. Yeah. Right? This is them. They're, they're separated, but they come back because of the, the main bad happens again. Yeah. Like I do want to see that just... Just cut off. You don't have to have any development. This is this is who they are already, right? Yeah. You already kind of know who they are with the with afterlife. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I get what you're saying. Like the, the property, the what it is, it would be better served as a movie. Like yeah. you wouldn't want to have like Trevor after this happened. You know, develop the drug habit. <laughs> drug habit, right? <laughs> Lucky they have a kid yeah. in high school or something, right? That they're divorced for some reason. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, which happened in the second one, but they were adults. But yeah, exactly, exactly. I would love it for just to those films where it doesn't have to. It leans more into the property rather mm. than it. Because this film, it does feel it's a little like in the middle. Like it's trying to do a balance of creating new characters, but not making them so like three-dimensional that it hijacks the whole Ghostbusters aspect. <laughs> yeah, where it's not like the Ghostbusting is secondary. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay. I would like the Ghostbusting to be more the primary thing, and if they just jump into the second one and they're de- they're more aged, they're more maybe they're in New York now or something like that. But so, how about if they do do a TV show? Would it be like ep- uh, episode Adventure of the Week? Mm, yeah, yeah. I'd be oh, what was that? It's a little fly. Oh god, oh, fly. oh I got bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, episode of the week. It would be. I would. So, I would think it would just be centered in that town. Just mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, flesh it out and do more stuff about it. But like, but eventually going to New York or like a bigger metropolitan area would be like they travel the, the country. Like yeah, Ghostbusters. Right? Yeah, Ghostbusters International. Right? Instead yeah. of the mystery, they develop a, an, an international arm in like England and Russia and France right. and, all <laughs> and battling ghosts. Right, and especially when it comes to when Peter comes into the Kai, it's it's I mean, it's Venkman from the Home Office or something like that. Yeah, like it's a, it alludes to something bigger. <laughs> right. um, yeah. 
Okay, so w- would you go on uh, with the 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 new like the new blood and then per- periodically or or maybe not not even bringing back the original? Yeah. You would just yeah. just because well, to have them, not not just to have them. Like, hey, they're alive, you know. Yeah. Just to, they're still ticking, right? They're like they're still active and stuff like that. But it's it's gonna be weird, right? It's, it comes to like Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. You want to have new blood. You want to have the new characters to introduce more worlds and more expand Star Wars lore. But you also want to have those OGs showing up, like in Rocky. Yeah. Like even in Creed 2, Rocky was a big part of that as well. Not as big as Creed 1, but he was, you know, he was there. He was he was helping him out. But when it, it's... Because they're not getting any younger. No. Yeah, and you don't want them to show up. Like, hey, here's another... Here's a third Ghostbusters movie. We want you to show up or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, that's the thing. Like, to be able to, to truly move forward, I mm-hmm. guess, like, you would have to leave the past behind. Yeah. Like, I feel like maybe that's one thing that the Star Wars trilogy didn't necessarily do. You know, like, they kind of hinged on the, th- the three or four main characters from the past to be, like, pivotal uh, characters throughout the whole three series. And then, unfortunately, Carrie Fisher died. Yeah. So they kind of went to, like, the scramble. Yeah, it's... Uh... If I yeah, if you want to go compare with the Star Wars, the Star Wars was dead into water when they rooted it within the past, mm-hmm. right? Especially when they rooted it within the original trilogy, yeah. Because right? there's there's that whole uh, you can't surpass the original trilogy no matter how golden your your cast is, right? Yeah. But at least for Afterlife, not only did they establish these new characters while rooting it a bit in the in the past, just because of Egon, yeah. But also they move forward with them. Yeah. Right. We have these characters that the OGs show up as as critical as it was, <laughs> as weirdly as it was, as as stifled as it was. Uh, they, for the most part, it's like symbolic. It's a passing of the torch, literally. Yeah. Right? It's literally like, here's my proton pack or something like that. But uh, I don't know if Ghostbusters is big enough to make a trilogy. Another trilogy. A, a tri- just in general. Uh, in general. Right? I, I, I could see a sequel like how the first and second one was. But when it comes to making just a full-on, especially when it comes to this commercialized climate where we have to have toys uh-huh. and new characters and new like things to show up, I don't want to see Ghostbusters down that line where it's it's not for the narrative or not the world anymore, just to sell toys. Okay, so what? Uh, let me lay this the mm. situation down. Lay it on me. What if we they do like a, a Nolan esque? Oh my <laughs> god. <trilogy? laughs> All right. No, you want me to answer this seriously? I'm, 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 <laughs> just, I'm just fucking with you. I know that the, eventually it's gonna become like stifled. Yeah. And the people, the fan, the the watchers, the, the fan base is gonna be like, what else are they gonna do? Yeah. Busting the same old ghost movie after movie isn't gonna do, do it. Yeah. And Ghostbusters, as much as it it pains me, yeah. it, it's a very fringe pop culture show or movie, yeah. right? It's not something that as big as Star Wars or something like say like Stargate. Right, you don't really know Stargate, but there's a pop culture subset to it. It's the same with Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters once is, you know, the song, you know, they, right? That's iconic, but everything else about it is just very cult. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, there isn't gonna be like a ghost con coming. No, to I, I'm sure there is, but I'm I'm sure it's like at the part of a, a airport, you know, airport <laughs> the lobby. Marriott. Yeah, the Marriott next to the airport or something like that. It's not as gonna be as big as like a, like a Star Wars, obviously. Yeah, because even the movies were very cult classic, 
and yeah, this. Do I remember like the first one? Well, obviously I don't remember because <laughs> I wasn't born. But it, I kind of he- heard that the original one didn't really do all that business, right? It kind of gained its following after the fact. Yeah, yeah. It was something that it, I, I think it did. It because it was obviously it was the first of its kind, yeah. right? But the second one, it didn't really. Yeah, the second one it, for sure. It, yeah, it didn't because it more catered to those the first people, right? Mm-hmm. And this one, it does dip its toe within the mainstream because we do have some of those characters where they're a little more two dimensional. You know, there's there's more feeling behind their acting. Yeah, but it I don't think that's Ghostbusters <laughs> in general, right? No, it's not. Yeah, it's not about the whole you know character development as we were talking about. It's more of just a fun roller coaster ride of a movie. Yeah. yeah. So I feel I I understand completely what you're saying. Where the the just the nature of the movie doesn't lend itself to be a multi film, which I'm pretty sure they're gonna try to wring as much as they possibly can. Out yeah. Of it. <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't lend itself to the multi film multi gener multi-film uh you know movie structure that are, that's popular today's day what i would yeah. see it happening is that every so often or not like another reboot yeah no I, I that's that's fantastic i would love to see it them having a sequel to this movie mm-hmm. and then they introduce another <laughs> another generation right? yeah yeah but so that then that would lend uh lend to what i said where have the next one be like them 10 15 years in the future where they already have like an established family or stuff like that, something that would give have them propel, you know, whatever iteration comes after that forward. Exactly. See, the only see the okay, this is my head cannon. I could see them doing the middle film for this movie, them in college. Yeah. The same, essentially the same place where they were with in the first movie, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're college professors, right? They're teaching. You could even just go like, oh yeah, they're they're teaching or they're in college esque or they're in Manhattan because they're like at MIT or something. Yeah, and then shit hits the fan and brings them back together. Right. Right. Exactly. So, oh, <laughs> it's okay. So, how about thoughts? In, overall thoughts. Um, I mean. These are the type of movies where you don't expect much. Mm. You know, just go in for the the, the spectacle of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it in. I didn't see it in the theaters. I saw it on my you know my my my, my bedroom TV, which is pretty small. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that did justice for what it was. You know, <laughs> like I didn't get to experience it in like super high def surround sound, ultra HD. I did. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at home when I rewatched, I was like. UHD or regular? Oh, UHD. Well, I did. I did get it in UHD because <laughs> oh, okay. the price was the same. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah, yeah weirdly. Um, but for what it's worth, you know, I, I wasn't I was entertained. I mm-hmm. thought they did they did a perfect love letter to the originals. Um, it was funny. Mm-hmm. It had its its moments of like um, I don't say gravity, I guess, mm-hmm. where it was it got a little serious at times, but yeah. the, the undertones of the humor were still there. So. I think it did a, a perfect job for what the movie was supposed to be. Yeah, same, same. It, it does. It's granted. It's not without its faults. Yeah. Right? A, lot, a lot of these characters are a little bit two dimensional when it comes to that. If you want to do like technical terms, right? yeah. It's it does. It's a it's a balancing act with this movie. It, it has the fan service, but also has these new characters. But you really want to know more about these new characters. But they do it in favor of the the, the fan service, yeah. which isn't as 
overarching as most people say it is. It's like when you say it's fan service, it feels like the whole movie is like you have to watch the first and second one to know what's exactly happening in this movie. Uh, not necessarily. Yeah. Like you, to get all the references, yeah, yeah, for sure. But to to enjoy this as like a starting off point, you know, your children, mm-hmm. uh, the the. Yeah, it's perfect. It does exactly what it is supposed to do. And and honestly, the fan service really isn't for the audience of today. Yeah. It's for people who lived, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who saw this you know, 40, 30 years ago now. And yeah. It's funny, though, because, like, when essentially it was Goober. Gooberson, Goobersons. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the, the, the fan. That's us. <laughs> that's, that's us. Yeah, that's the fan base that's complaining about the, all the fan service. Yeah. And he was talking about, he was showing them the, the scenes of, of New York and the, the commercials and stuff like that. And then the girl was like, I mean, this did happen 20 years before we were born. Right? It's like, how did you not know about this? Like, we weren't even born. <laughs> and the podcast is like, I'm ashamed. Like yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, this is, it's, Able to stand out on two feet because yeah. you just get it's just about family when it comes mm-hmm. like the father figure and you know, leaving the daughter and if he happens to be named Egon, that's like oh we get it but there's a lot of the foundation is set. Yeah. Right. So what would you rate it? Um, out of ten. Mm-hmm. Let's go five. This a five? Yeah, let's go five. Like three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I would say uh, like four. Four? Four for me, yeah, but I'm biased, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess four. Four seems more fair. Yeah. You know, it's five would have made it like... Like gold? Yeah, well, yeah, I like guess. I, guess, I guess you could say five because like how would you have improved this movie? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> five is like just... Well, for what it is. For what it is? A for, five, right? A five, yeah. Yeah, a five out of five for a what it is. five out of five for what it is, right? Five, four point five. Yeah, you're, right. it's not like Lawrence of Arabia. Or right. It's not going to make yeah. tidal waves in the whole film community, yeah, but it's, for it, what it is. It's one of those, you know, old school fun summer movies that aren't really out anymore. You're right. Even though this movie came out in November. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's one of, it's like a movie for, that's purposely made for a distraction. Yeah, there are no necessary like loose ends you have to watch or anything like that. It's not a Marvel. It's not a franchise film right, in the right. in the in the sense of it. You know, yeah. it is a franchise in the name, but not because it's it doesn't. Um, it's not pivotal for you to know the the overarching arc of the story. Yeah, exactly. And it's the the Jason has really he's really his father's son. Because that's exactly what this film is. It, it feels like not only is it a homage to what he grew up with, literally, like yeah. not even in the sense of watching it. He literally grew up on the sets, on sets, with yeah. you know meeting these actors as he was younger, but also it's to his dad, right? Yeah. Right. It's something that it's you feel it has. It's just a fun ride, right? Especially mm-hmm. when we talk about each time we would talk about a movie. There's always the instance where they have to try to humanize the villain. Mm-hmm. Right, but this one is you know like Gozer's just evil. <laughs> like she just, <laughs> just evil for the sake of right. Evil. It it just wants to rule the world, right? And it's and there's some clarity and there's some passiveness to it. Not in a sense of a bad way, but it's it's clean, right? Yeah. It's clear, right? You're here rooting for the Ghostbusters. There's no like Trevor is a drug addict, you know, <laughs> and, and like, he like, he beats himself because he can't work a job, so he took a job at this small. Like there's not there's no complication of it all. Yeah, it, it's a story. It's a straightforward. Yeah, very much straightforward. You go to A to B to C exactly without any deviations. Yeah, and I feel like because of what the movie is, that's really the only way to do it. Yeah. That's why for me I would say it's a five out of five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't see 
any ways of I don't know why the hell they just all, they they just wait for us. They're our fans. Yeah. They want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any way of you can make the movie for what it is any better. Right. Like, I maybe I, I feel like the fan servicey thing they have a valid point only in the sense that because whenever something was fan servicey they focused on it. Yeah. You know they they the, the camera lingered. <laughs> it wasn't like a like a like a nice uh, something in the background or like a throwaway something that that the fans would the the OG fans would appreciate. Yeah. Like, oh, that was us. And then like. Like the Twinkie. Yeah. When he opens the glove box, the Twinkie's there. Yeah. And, he's and like, you're like, uh, it's there for like a second or two, which yeah. is a lot faster than, than that shot should be. Yeah. A lot slower than that shot should be. Yeah. Um, the whole, who you gonna call? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gosh, like, even these two scenes, this. It, like there's a contrast to those scenes is when she, they first find Egon's lair, right? And then there's like a shelf full of fungus. Yeah. and molds and if in case you didn't know when uh, in the first one that's what he said he collected fungus yeah. and molds but there's no like lingering shot it just kind of oh I get it and yeah. then move on yeah that was perfect perfect fan service that yeah. one something that was essentially like a throwaway line in the first but it was a it was a callback in this one yeah and so. it doesn't hijack the, the, the camera even the narrative they, no and that's, that, that scene just leans forward who are you gonna call <laughs> like, you know just this whole epic just <laughs> movement of who are you gonna call? <laughs> How many takes do you think that guy did? Like, I think it's a one and done. One and done. You yeah, sure? Because I mean, you know, it's it's my time to shine. I'm gonna be in this film for like a minute or so, <laughs> right? I'm gonna be threatened by a proton pack by a little girl. So it's like, like you sound like your crazy grandfather or something. Do you feel that the ghost that that the was a chomper? Mm-mm, I think Muncher. Muncher. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go, Muncher. Do you think that should have been Slimer? Yeah. I feel like a little... Yeah, not just because, you know, callback, because I would love to see that's the reason why Slimer is because of the connection with... Uh, uh, he passed away. It was another, it was another comedian. And yeah. that's who essentially Slimer is based on. Yeah. But... Uh, Wasn't it uh, John Belushi? John Belushi. Thank yeah. you. Yes. It was John Belushi. So, like, much of like... Jim. Whichever one is... John. John, John. sounds right to me. Belushi. Belushi. Whichever Belushi is dead. Right. Turns out both of them were dead. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. no. With, from Animal House. From, right, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, you know, college. Everything yeah, on the show. Toga. Toga, yeah, Toga. <laughs> so I, I would have liked. Yeah, it would have been a cool callback. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and the fact that Muncher feels like he's a weapon because he does have like <laughs> he shoots out the metal he eats and he's it's like it, those yeah. are basically projectile. <laughs> I don't remember Slimer was just like I'll slime you. But like Montreal, I'll kill you. Or something yeah, like that. yeah he, he's very aware of uh, his ine- um, inevitable doom. Right. Yeah, it's he's a cute little addition. The arms kind of freak me out. Very. Yeah, and it's like all these arms, and like he eats everything. Like, does he eat people? But uh, maybe. Right? Well, he didn't stick around long enough to. Yeah. To oh, he did fly out. off, and we don't really see him. Well, yeah, he went after the first attempt to capture him. He does fly off. Yeah, and then you see a report. You like you hear on the the, the, the police scanner that something's attacked the truck. Yeah, <laughs> but then they, as they travel through town, they have like the stop sign has a has a bite taken out yeah, of it. Yeah, there's the, a dumpster that. Yeah, has a bite so taken you out. got the ceiling that maybe he's only really into metal. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he could shoot it out, which scares me. Like, imagine getting hit by that. Yeah. So the scene where um, the mom and Goober Dozer, mm-hmm. Gooberson, Gooberson, <laughs> he's like uh, it's like a Viking name if you think about <laughs> it, right? He's Goober's son. 
Gooberson. Right, right, you know, like, you know, son, Joel's of son, son of, right? Like, <laughs> Gary Gooberson. Well, they go out, right? The mom and, and Paul Rudd's character are having a conversation, and the mom is complaining about how much of a dork the daughter is, and mm-hmm. she's wishing that she would get in trouble. Right. And the very next scene, she's, she's <laughs> bailing her out of out of jail, and she's like irate. Right. Which rightfully so, you know, your 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 offspring gets arrested, you're not gonna be happy. Yeah. But I feel like she should have had like this moment of like, hey, way to go. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. It's yeah, her character is very she's very protective at the end. Uh-huh. Right? Especially when Gozer's bearing down on them. She's like, Get back, I'll protect you and stuff like that. But you don't really get the the sense of that really throughout. No. She's kinda really like the cool, chill mom. Who like drinks wine and just gets knocked out? <laughs> gets hammered, right? Gets hammered at two in the afternoon, right? And yeah. you go to school and she gets hammered. On her <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would again. It's it's it comes down to that film being like one foot into a more modern fleshed out characters, mm-hmm. right? I get like a mix even with Trevor, like Trevor's there, and he he's like, got his one purpose. He yeah, likes the girl. He likes the girl. He like, hit that right, and he, and then something happens with Phoebe, and then he kind of worries about Phoebe. And they kind of rant on each other and stuff like that. Even yeah. when he's like, "Are you ready for your jokes?" or like, "Do you have good stuff?" Like she, it shows that he does worry about her. Yeah, but we don't see why he's worried. Like, there's no reason as to show that Phoebe's because that. Yeah, I mean the the sibling, you know, protectiveness yeah. and love is there. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to dig in deeper. Yeah, it's see the thing is with the trailer, you do see that awkwardness. Mm-hmm. I remember with like the the I don't know if you guys see the trailer, but dude, like she's standing there and there's a chip bag. And someone throws chips on her. Yeah, was I, it, that wasn't in the movie. That, right? was, that wasn't in the movie. Yeah, okay. That was in the trailer. So it, there's this sense of the reason why she's so like mad about the mom not showing who Egon was because that's the role model. Mm-hmm. So there's like a gap in where she's she's trying to be a scientist because she doesn't have that role model because I'm assuming the the husband left by then. So there's that conflict already, but they don't really talk about it. It's not really necessary, yeah. Obviously, but it's there, and that's what I don't. So <laughs> I, because it was, it's a nice little something to learn more about them. Yeah, to dive in deeper, and, yeah. and understand the dynamic of that family a little bit better. Yeah, like they, she doesn't really, the mom doesn't really explain like why the dad is not there, right? No. Um, and and then at the same time, like the, the anger for her father abandoning them. Is you know, she's val- she has a valid point in feeling like that, but at the same time, it feels kind of misplaced. Yeah, you know, like, she she doesn't understand like what her dad was doing. Yeah, even the mom. I mean, we don't really know anything. Not not her, but the Egon's wife. Yeah, like we don't really get a sense of like was she not there then? <laughs> was the yeah. mom not there? Is that why you have resentment? Like we don't have that frame of reference. Yeah. So that movie it 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 dips into that. Where uh-huh. you want to know, like, why, why, why did Egon do something wrong? But we don't really get that payoff. Yeah. Anyway. And it was weird at the end, like where they're hugging. When they're hugging, yeah, yeah and then he fades away. Yeah. But it was just it, like that whole scene to me was kind of weird. Oh, why? Because it just didn't seem natural. Oh yeah, it's kind of like she just turns three sixty. Yeah, but just like the whole, you know, spectral Egon manifestation. <laughs> the, the, okay, the ethical ramifications <laughs> aside, you know, bringing back a, a dearly departed actor yeah. aside. It that? just feels weird. It just feels weird. It just, feel, it just feels yeah. weird, like, especially since he's silent. Yeah, that's the biggest one for me, at mm. least, right? He's just kind of like... Mm. Just there, yeah, mm. stoic. Like, yeah. Mm. I wonder why did Egon get so... St- mm. <laughs> like, just, just, you know, grunting at them, smiling at them. Granted, I did cry. 
but that's because I, I I watch the films and stuff like that, and I already get like a surface level sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would have liked to even, like talk. You yeah, know? <laughs> like, that would have been nice. Yeah, I mean, we have the technology now to to um, essentially reanimate anybody in what like facial and and voice. So it could it doesn't necessarily have to be like this huge long two minute three no, minute monologue. Monologue, right? <laughs> okay, so here my question too. Uh-huh. Do you think it's because of what happened with Carrie Fisher? Not in terms of death, but them kind of like a reaction, right? Then because them, with if you didn't know, Carrie Fisher scenes were spliced from other movies of, of the series. Yeah, the, from the, the first two, the, of the first Star Wars, Force Awakens, and, and Last, Last Jedi. Right to make her scenes, and they do. You can feel they feel clunky. Very much so. So do like, you think? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, who are you talking to? Like, where are you not even looking in my eye line? Yeah. But yeah, do you think it's because of that with the whole dialogue? See, but the difference is that they in the the Star Wars they use scenes from the past previous two movies, and mm-hmm. here you would have essentially generated from scratch from nothing a whole new uh, you know dialogue. But so so. So generate as in you want the computer to make like another voice, or do you want like a, a, a sound alike or a sound alike, and the then movies? just layer it on from there to make it sound as as close. And it, it's not going to be like I said a monologue for mm-hmm. it to where <laughs> to the point where it begins to sound clunky or right, off. Right. It's enough, you know, just to be like I'm sorry, I love you, you know, just something that that would convey the message of of forgiveness to her to his daughter. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, man, just a missed opportunity. Because <laughs> yeah. I would have loved that that dialogue as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, you guys, they went all out already. Might as well just Might as well. finish right? finish the race. Right, exactly. And you have, I don't know if you've seen Book of Boba Fett, but like there are scenes, but there's characters from the past that show up and like, wow, your voice sounds very young. <laughs> Stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, and again, that's all CGI. Like yeah. Luke shows up. Oh, you already know. Already okay, you already know. Oh, you already know. <laughs> so yeah, the show and it's a look like and it sounds like Luke, but it's not. Yeah, right. And the, the same with um, at the end of Rogue One. Oh, right. It was like a look alike and sounded similar, but it wasn't Carrie yeah, Fisher. You're right. The CGI was like a little off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So something like that, you know, and it's not the type of movie that I mean, it's going to get scrutinized without a doubt. But it's, <laughs> it's not the type of movie where the backlash is going to be felt. Right. You know. Right, because it's kind of like petty anyway, like all mm. this voice. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, that's our review or the discussion our of discussion Ghostbusters of Afterlife, <laughs> which was which was closer, but like they didn't play that song until the end, which yeah. was great, which I found fantastic. Because yeah. in, the, in the 2016 one, they had to play it all the time. Oh. Because they kind of t- tried to have the fans be like, hey, look, remember? Right, right. But this one, it's like, they're back in New York. And like, it's playing <laughs> while they're going back in New York. So, yeah, it's that's our review <laughs> of, of uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I've been your host, Ernesto, and I've been accompanied with my host, co-host, Joel. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we are, uh, catch us next week at next episode of Pop Salsa. Pop Salsa. It's a lot to talk about. Right, there's a lot to talk about. So we'll catch you all next week. Catch you on the flip side. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For show updates, follow us on Subtech and Twitter. Links are in the description. You can find new episodes weekly on whichever podcast platform you swore allegiance to.